It's a Minimalist Monday edition of Optimal Finance Daily, episode 396, Reconsidering the Merits of Slow Acquisition, by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com. And hi, everybody. I am Dan, the guy who reads to you from some of the best blogs on personal finance, back here for another week of great tips from these great bloggers. And don't forget, we narrate blogs for you on five different podcasts. Topics range from personal development and minimalism to health and fitness, relationships, entrepreneurship, and more. Just do a quick search for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this show to check out and subscribe to our other podcasts. Now, today's Minimalist Monday post is from Joshua Becker, and we haven't heard from him in a while, so let's get right to it as we optimize your life. Reconsidering the Merits of Slow Acquisition by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com. From the outdated kitchen to the pastel-colored walls in the downstairs bedrooms, walking into my grandparents' house was like entering a time machine. It was a world of mid-century furniture, and not the kind from special art dealers or collectors. These were the default options purchased mostly in the 50s. There was a desk in the hallway, reading chairs in the living room, classic rugs, house plants, and a grandfather clock in the entryway. The sectional was minimal and left room for plenty of guests. My grandmother would always read on the couch and stacks of magazines filled many of the nearby cabinets. They never identified as minimalists when I was growing up. Frankly, the term hadn't been popularized yet, but everything had its purpose and place. The home felt complete with pieces that fit together like the perfect puzzle. Growing up, I looked in their home with awe. I have countless fond memories of summer vacations and family holidays in their loving home. They seemed to have it all together and I wanted that. When I was older, I felt this social pressure to make a complete home from day one. To leave anything incomplete seemed somehow against a cultural norm. It wasn't until adulthood that a simple realization clicked. My grandparents took years to purchase a household of goods. They had decades together to acquire their belongings. And their home wasn't always like this. They consciously acquired things when needed. Stuff was expensive, too. This was all before the cheap labor and overseas manufacturing of the Walmarts of the world. Heck, they didn't even exist back then. My grandparents lived within their means every step of the way, depending on what was in their wallets. They carefully analyzed every purchase and reused everything they could. Maybe that's the consequence of being a product of the Great Depression? Who knows? What we do know is that our world has changed dramatically since then. The rise of easy credit has allowed for ballooning consumer debt, from about $2,000 in the 1950s to $16,000 in 2016. Now we are instant gratification generations, swiping now and paying over time. We expect to have everything at once, but we're going broke in the process. Our credit cards have larger limits, products are cheaper, and buying is as easy as a click online. We make pilgrimages to furniture stores, fantasize about spaces before we've set foot in a place, and browse websites that give idealized examples of carefully crafted rooms. The world is primed and expecting our consumption. Each represents a radical departure from the lifestyles of the greatest generation. I can't help but think our ancestors knew something about minimalism that society downplays now. When my wife and I first got married, we moved into a two-bedroom apartment and purchased only a table set for $99. Oh, and a bed, we needed that for a number of reasons. Our living room furniture and bedroom set were hand-me-downs from her family. We received a television set as a wedding gift. Our next purchase, months later, was a computer and desk. We replaced the living room furniture 18 months later during a cross-country move. We used the $99 kitchen table and chairs for 13 years and still used the bedroom set handed down to us from our grandparents. Our home took years to make whole. 
And I don't think I'd change a single thing about the process. It's a story of slow acquisition. But outfitting a home slowly and intentionally carries a number of benefits. One, it prevents debt. Buying home furnishings and decorations is a costly endeavor. Accumulating slowly helps prevent the danger of starting out with costly consumer debt. It can take years to overcome financial mismanagement. Two, it spurs intentionality and thoughtfulness. When we accumulate slowly, we are more likely to thoughtfully weigh the significance of our purchases. Is this really needed? If so, what is the best option and avenue for purchase? The more deliberate we are in our timeline, the more intentional we become in the process. Three, it slows the accumulation of clutter and excess. The slower we purchase, the slower we accumulate life-draining clutter. And four, it grants freedom in lifestyle. Consumer purchases inhibit freedom. They require money, time, and energy to acquire and maintain. Therein laid my grandparents' powerful lesson. To make our home ours, we couldn't buy stuff immediately to recreate or mimic another space. Instead, we thoughtfully considered what we needed and budgeted carefully for each addition. Despite living in a world of accessibility and easy consumption, we all need to find ways to slow down. The perfect item will remain or can be recreated if necessary. Sales come and go, and your favorite big box retailer probably won't be going out of business anytime soon. Give yourself the opportunity to make your space yours, but as you do, don't forget to consider the merits of acquiring pieces slowly. Never be in a hurry to spend money you don't have. You just listened to the post titled Reconsidering the Merits of Slow Acquisition by Joshua Becker of becomingminimalist.com. And I'll keep this ending nice and minimal for you. Just don't forget that we have four other podcasts where we narrate blogs for you and you can find those by searching for Optimal Living Daily wherever you're hearing this show. Have a great start to your week, everybody, and I'm gonna see you in tomorrow's show. That's where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this podcast, but also Optimal Living Daily, the show where I read to you from even more blogs covering finance, productivity, minimalism, personal development, and more from incredible bloggers like Derek Sivers, Zen Habits, Mark and Angel, The Minimalists, and all the ones you hear on this show too. So if you enjoyed today's episode and like taking amazing blogs on the go, come on over to Optimal Living Daily and subscribe to that one too. And together, we'll start optimizing your life. You've been listening to Optimal Finance Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.